and welcome to Screen Cleaning. I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. And we are here each and every week on BYU Radio to give you the very best in entertainment. That's what this show is all about, to shine a spotlight on all things good in entertainment. And what better way to talk about all things good than to talk about Christmas, right? Well, this time of year, there's a lot of good on your TV when it comes to specials and music as you walk through the mall or whatever it be. This seems to be the time of year where finding the good in entertainment is its easiest. Right. And it's no secret this has been a tough year for a lot of people. And instead of watching dark, heavy movies that are going to put us in a weird mood, we need something to go to this Christmas that can give us that comfort food feeling, that can give us the warm fuzzies curled up under a blanket, sipping a cup of hot chocolate. Spearmint hot chocolate, yeah. Thank you for holding it up. We're not getting paid for that Starbucks product placement, Cole. But it's still good. And so we thought, what better way to do that than to turn to the good old-fashioned Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah, the TV specials are one thing, right? You have Rankin-Bass and you have, like, the that brand of Christmas, right? But then there's the romantic, easy brand of Christmas that Hallmark has so well-branded but exists on so many other of these TV channels around this time of the year. Right. Imagine your favorite comfort food. Somebody might say, you know, grandma's chicken soup or pumpkin pie, right? You know exactly what it's going to taste like, but it just gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling, right? You eat it anyway. Yes, absolutely. And uh, when we say Hallmark Christmas movie, what we really mean is, you know, if I say Kleenex— I mean it in the generic sense, right? I don't or mean Xerox. I don't mean the brand Kleenex because I say Kleenex and you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So if I say Hallmark Christmas movie, it could mean a Netflix Christmas movie. It could mean an ABC Family Christmas movie, which if you're not familiar with ABC Family, it is now Freeform. And used to be Fox Family or just The Family Channel. Right. We could also mean a Lifetime Christmas movie. It's all the same thing. It's all a Hallmark Christmas Up movie. Up is also a network that has these, short for Uplifting Network. I mean, these... Even the name of the TV channels seem like they are right up our alley for screen cleaning, right? Yeah, and we are so excited to talk about uh, these movies that we watched in preparation preparation for the show. So much so that we've also invited our producer, Mickey Randall, so, to Mickey. join us today. Hey, Hello. Guys. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, too. I can't wait to hear what Christmas movie you watched, but let's, let's give a little background yeah, on, on how we came to this decision and what what the parameters we kind of set were, right? I mean, the parameters are, I've seen these movies before, and you two <laughs> haven't, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys thought. Right. I can honestly say I had never sat down and watched one of these movies from Me beginning either. to end, and I got to tell you, it was a breezy hour and 27 minutes when I sat down to watch my movie. Oh, did you get a commercial free somewhere? I did, yes, because I watched it on Disney Plus, and it was probably the only Hallmark, quotations, Hallmark Christmas movie I could find, but it was on Disney Plus because it was around when ABC Family was around. I think I know the exact movie you're going to talk about, and that's very interesting, and we'll get to that. Yes. Okay, so we each chose a movie that we were going to watch in preparation for this show, 
And then later on in the show, since Cole is the resident Hallmark Christmas movie aficionado, he is going to give us his top 10 list of Hallmark Christmas movies. And explain why I love them so much, because this isn't a show we're putting on for the holiday. I have tried to get Jeff to do a show like this for like the four Christmases that we've had a screen cleaning. And this time it was Jeff's idea to bring this up. And so I want to hear what you thought okay. of can I can I guess? Yes. Can I guess which movie it is? Yes. Was it the Twelve Dates of Christmas? It absolutely was the it's Twelve so Dates good. of Christmas. And I have to admit I watched it with this giddy grin on my face the entire time. What's great about these movies is that you can do exactly what my wife and I were doing while watching this, which was signing Christmas cards and putting pictures in there. Cute. And it was just something that we could have on the background, but we could pay close enough attention that I, you know, every once in a while would write down, okay, here's another trope that I'm sure is going to be in all these other Christmas movies we're going to be talking about. And so I'm hopeful as I go down this list that you guys had similar experiences. But let me just give you the general premise of The Twelve Dates of Christmas first. It stars Amy Smart. You may know her from uh, Rat Race is the movie I know her from. She was in a couple seasons of Scrubs. Sure. And then also Mark Paul Gossler from Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris, who is reprising his role on that rebooted show on Peacock. that's really Zach Morris? Yes, it is. Interesting. Yes, I didn't know this until I was much older, that Zach Morris is not, or Mark Paul Gossler is not blonde, but he's a brunette, because everything else you see him in, he's a brunette. Hmm. Anyway, so Mark Paul Gossler and Amy Smart. Amy Smart is this woman who is probably, you know, she's afraid she's going to be alone forever, but she's probably portraying somebody that's only in her 20s. So, you know, settle down there a little bit, first of all. Um, But she goes into a department store to buy something for Christmas, and she's got plans that night to spend with her dad and her stepmother. She's not super thrilled about it. But as she's going into this department store, she gets spritzed by this fragrance, which kind of puts her in this weird state where she gets all loopy and she falls down and bumps her head on the ground. And when she wakes up, she's not quite sure what's going on. There are people standing over her. And it's funny because the lady that spritzed her, like she's almost proud when she says, I spritzed you. And she says every time. And the reason I say every time is because what what this does is it sends her into a time loop. And this movie is the Christmas equivalent of Groundhog Day. And even it's such a nod to Groundhog Day. It's not even subtle because when they show her clock as she's trying to fall asleep, she's got one of those old flip clocks, you know. Nice. And uh, she falls asleep watching the Home Shopping Network every night. What I didn't know. Or QVC. I think it was QVC, QVC. right? So you've seen this movie, Cole. Okay. Uh, Literally this year. Earlier, I watched it about a month ago. So this movie is full of what I assume are Hallmark Christmas movie tropes. So let's just go through them really quick. There's a nosy neighbor. There's a blind date slash bad first date. It has a punny title, which I would look for in my Hallmark Christmas movie, The Twelve Dates (laughs) of Christmas. There's some fateful magical event that takes place. There's a cute dog. Uh, there's a widower in the movie. Um, there is trying to reconnect with your ex-boyfriend. 
Um, there are nods to other um, romantic comedies. She says, for instance, there's the line, this is no great Lifetime Channel tragedy, right? And then somebody at the very beginning pulls out this Nicholas Sparks novel. So, again, some nods. They know what kind of movie they are. There's some sage advice from her elders. There are rich characters that seemingly never have to work, and yet they have all the money in the world and can do whatever they want. And, of course, there is some general clumsiness that I'm sure you would get in any Hallmark Christmas movie, but you'd also get in any romantic comedy, right? And it is... So predictable. But one thing I really enjoyed about this movie that I didn't notice until the end of the movie is they start putting in these clues to let you know, unless, you know, in case you've forgotten what day you're on. (laughs) So there are some things that I really appreciated about it, but mostly what I liked about it is that I, I understand the appeal of these movies. You want something that's easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl, right? Where you can just sit. Enjoy under a blanket, not have to invest too much, and just know that things are going to be tied up in a nice, big, pretty bow at the end. I can appreciate that, and I understand the appeal. And the sad part for me is that it's possible that this is appealing to so many other people that are either alone at Christmas or are alone in general. So that part makes me a little sad. I certainly don't fall into that category, but I sympathize with people that do. And I can understand why these movies are so popular and I don't want to say revered, but uh, uh, viewed. All right? Yes. So that was The Twelve Dates of Christmas. Mickey, what did you watch? Okay. For your first first ever foray into this genre. Into this genre. I watched – it's a Netflix film actually. Netflix has kind of hopped on this bandwagon of making these types of movies. And a few of them are quite popular, so good for them. To the point that there's a Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. I'm so which glad I you brought this up. Is that official? Is that official? Yes. Oh my goodness! It's I, all I the, can explain like, why. The pr- yeah, you should explain <laughs> it. I. <laughs> so it's it starts with the Christmas Prince, uh-huh. which is what Mickey watched. But it's not like Prince, like P R I N T S. Nor no. is it like the symbol <laughs> darn that was formerly known as Prince. No, it's the Christmas Prince. And it's, I mean, you'll, you'll get to describe it, but it's got a sequel. And then Vanessa Hutchins was in this movie called The Princess Switch. Switch. And The Princess Switch 2, and they're related to the prince, to a Christmas prince. So in the wedding what? at the end of The Princess Switch 2, the couple from The Christmas Prince show up it, at the wedding. This because is like... These are two like foreign, like ambiguously European fake nations, uh, and apparently they know each other. And so the, the like couple from The Christmas Prince are in Princess Switched 2. So I have not seen any of these movies, but my mind is blown. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. But anyway, let's start with and the basics. The, I mean, the other cool <laughs> thing about the... I, I love these movies. So The Princess Switched is about Vanessa Hudgens and Vanessa Hudgens, and they do like a Prince and the Popper thing where like yeah. she's a Chicago baker and then... She's like the other Vanessa Hutchins is a princess. In The Princess Switched 2, there are three Vanessa Hutchinses. And so Whoa. I can only hope so that there will be a third the one. Princess Switched 3? I mean, they're, they should have called it that, but still had it be part sequel. two. That right, would have right, been right. great. The Princess Switched 3, part two. And that one came out, one of those came out this year, <laughs> yeah, right? That's, that's the new one. Release. Okay, A Christmas Prince came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. And this is the story of a young sort of journalist, aspiring journalist. <laughs> and she a good way to put it. wants, she's like a copy editor or something. 
and she's kind of looked down on it. And all she wants to do is, like, be a real journalist and write a story. And she finally one day gets called into her editor's office and she says, there's a big story we want you to cover. It's about the Prince of Aldovia. Yes. Who he's kind of like a like a playboy is how they describe him. Because that's the kind of assignment you give to a sort of journalist. Right. That's yeah. the kind mm-hmm. of assignment you give to a sort of journalist. It's her big break, guys. <laughs> and she, um, he's going to... What's the word? He's going to give up the throne. Abdicate. Oh, yeah, he's going abdicate. to abdicate. That's throne, what it yeah. is. Um, as his father has just died, and he does not want to be the king of Aldovia. So it's up to this journalist to go to the press conference where he's hopefully going to announce that he will not be the king of Aldovia. Does she have a front row seat to this? No, she was in the back, but okay. she was that the only sense. one wearing Christmas colors. Oh. Everyone else has a British accent. So she stood out like She's a... like America's delegation to <laughs> yeah, this like, really was. important she event. She was. Um, so she goes to Aldovia to the press conference. The prince, who looks suspiciously like a brunette Prince William, hmm. <laughs> does not show up to the press conference. Um, so all the reporters are so angry and they go home except our heroine whose name is doesn't matter. Amber. <laughs> that Amber, I have to look up. Of course. Um so Amber is like I'm not giving up. This is my big break. So she like tries to sneak in the palace with her cell phone. She gets apprehended by a security guard and says Hey, and he says, hey, I know what you are doing here. And she's like, what am I doing here? And he's like, oh, you're the new tutor for Princess Emily. Because she has an American <laughs> accent and yeah. they don't expect right. Americans to just be walking around the halls of their castle. And, sure. and she's like, yes, I am. So <laughs> she fraudulently becomes the tutor for the prince's younger sister who has spina bifida. So she's in a wheelchair frequently, befriends the sister, treats her like a normal person. Um, eventually falls in love with the prince, and I yes. won't reveal the other complications that they run into because there are several. What I will reveal is my list of grievances with this movie. Oh, come on, um, no, you guys, they're good grievances. Oh, the good first grievances. one is so like constructive criticism, constructive criticism, and then okay. I have some things that I like in in the spirit of fairness. Sure. Yeah. Um, the first is that this is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> there, it was Christmas time. Was, there were Christmas no. decorations. You know, but other than that, it had nothing to do with Christmas. That is a valid critic, constructive criticism because that could, that could describe so many of our most popular Christmas movies. I, for one, don't think It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie. Fair. Yeah. If if we include Die Hard just because there happens oh, to be a Christmas Die tree is in the Nocturne Plaza. not a Christmas movie either. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I think it's all it should have been more about the spirit of Christmas. Gremlins I think. is a great Christmas movie. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the best parts, in my opinion, of a romantic comedy is the makeover scene. Yes. Where they make over oh. the Montage, woman right? Or the yeah. I forgot to put that on my list, but it certainly is on there. At the very, no, 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 no. At the very beginning, so this prince guy that looks just like Prince William, uh, he has like a scruffy beard because he's coming back yeah. from like doing whatever he was doing uh, before. He's angry. You know, and yeah. he's angry. He's like, and, and she do- doesn't recognize him. He like jumps into the taxi before her and cuts her off and she like cusses him out. or Like, I mean, doesn't because it's yeah. a PG movie. She but, says, you selfish jerk. You jerk. <laughs> um, and then it turns out to be the prince that was there all the time. Like, and so. Mm-hmm. He gets a shave and then he ends up looking handsome. 
a little okay, bit of a this, makeup. This doesn't count. What I wanted was a montage. Oh, okay. A la of the how Princess he shaves Diaries. His beard? Not him for her because oh. there's a she doesn't have any nice clothes. Like they're they always make fun of her when she goes to all the parties. Well, there was no montage in this for when she was getting ready for the ball. They bring in all the people, like they were like, Here's my you know, my hair people, and then they cut right to the party. They they're didn't robbing show the montage. Of the montage. And that's I was like, I was looking okay. forward to that. Um at the beginning, her she her dad works in a deli, and she goes. Uh, is her dad the, single? Her dad is single. Her yes. mom's dead. <laughs> yep. And her dad jokingly says to her, he gives her like a, a combo meal, like a drink and a sandwich, and he goes, "That will be four ninety five. And I said, "In New York City, <laughs> you're telling me that this man is selling combo meals at a deli. It is for a failing deli in his defense. Ninety five cents. Mickey did recently live in New York when she was there on an internship, so I I would trust her. And to I'm know. telling you, a soda would be four dollars and ninety five cents. <laughs> no wonder his business is failing. I love that you watched it with that amount of detail, <laughs> yeah. Mickey. Okay, keep going." Okay, um, the rest of these are just kind of, they're not as important. The leads don't have any romantic chemistry. Hmm. There's a riddle to solve, and it was probably the easiest riddle to solve there's ever been. But let's get to the things I liked. That's much more important. The production design, I thought it was very well done. They shot it in Romania, and they used this beautiful Romanian castle decorated with Christmas lights. Do they use the same three to four shots of it, exterior shots of it? Yes. I still enjoyed looking at it. Those are a few expensive shots. They got their money out of their drones, yeah. (laughs) Um, The second thing, any movie that includes some sort of wolf attack, I like that movie. Really? So... Okay. Mild That's spoilers all I'll say. I don't want to spoil <laughs> how the wolves go, but just be prepared for some wolf danger. Was the wolf cute, though? Because I have cute dog here on my list. Mm, not By to me. any stretch of the imagination. Of, I was scared but there was of a the Aldovian dog. wolf. Okay. All right. The um, cute kid is kind of the, the stand-in yeah, for like, the cute dog. Yeah, and there was a cute right. kid. There's a cute kid. Um, and then I felt like this movie was very approachable. I felt like if I wanted to write this movie, I could have. If I wanted to act in this movie, I probably could have. So you're saying you didn't want to because you neither wrote it nor appeared in it. Well, <laughs> not exactly. I'm saying that it made me feel confident in my my filmmaking skills. Okay. So Confidence is good. Hallmark slash Netflix, if you're hiring Christmas writers, I am available um, there you please go. reach out to us. So the only thing your Nikki's title... just looking for her big break. Yeah. The only thing that uh, your movie is missing from my list really is the punny title. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's probably enough for me to stay away, though. I have to have that punny title or I'm not tuning in. Fair but it enough. sounds sounds like it was a good time. Well, I have just... I've been delighted to hear, even if you didn't love, love them the way that I do, I love introducing new people to new things, and that's what I've gotten to do here on Screen Cleaning, so I've already gotten the most out of my holiday season, but when we come back, for those that are looking for the comprehensive breakdown uh, of great Hallmark Christmas movies, I've got some of my favorites, 10 of them, in fact. Uh, Maybe I'll expand it to 12, the 12 Hallmark Christmas movies of Christmas. Anyway, that's coming up next on Screen Cleaning. Do what? 
Sell trees. The holidays drove her crazy. I've spent years trying to get away from that farm. This sounds like an adventure. But this Christmas... Do you do a guy a favor say yes to a coffee? She's free tomorrow afternoon. She'll discover the oh. joy of the season. I meant to do that. Sarah Lancaster, Eric Johnson. This is the best Christmas ever. One of the 12 new original movies of Christmas, Fur Crazy, premieres Sunday, November 24th at 8 on Hallmark Channel, the heart of Christmas. Quick quiz, guys. Do you think that that was a real promo or a fake promo for a Hallmark Christmas movie? I think it's fake. I think it's real. Jeffrey wins. Yes. <laughs> Fur Crazy is too good of a, like, that's one of those titles that you stumble upon. It's like, all right, we've got our title. Now let's go make a movie, you know? Yeah, now, I mean, the plot's <laughs> secondary, but we figured it out. See, there's a lot of flack given to Christmas movie, especially this Hallmark brand of Christmas movie around this time of year, because some of them are very, you know, similar or formulaic or whatever that criticism might be. And we've already mentioned a little bit of it here on Screen Cleaning. Today, we are going through some of the most beautiful feel-good movies that are out there because they're all feeling exactly the same. And I love that comfort to Right. Them. Yeah. And we did a show earlier in the month, and you can look it up on our podcast, Feel Great Movies. Just Google Screen Cleaning Podcast, and you can look up that show as well as over a 100 others. But it's been no secret that it's this has been a tough year. And we don't want to feel just good. We want to feel great. So we talked about Feel Great Movies, and we there are certainly Christmas movies out there that Personally, they don't give me the the feels that I want to have during the Christmas season. One of them being Scrooged, another one being Bad Santa. I just felt like I needed to take a shower. I after believe watching the, that the technical term is the warm fuzzies that you're looking for. Exactly. There are some Christmas movies that just don't leave me with the warm fuzzies. And so we need a sure thing, which is why we've turned to the Hallmark Christmas movie. And as we said earlier, Hallmark is a general term, meaning any of these made-for-TV Christmas movies that have a lot of the tropes that we've already talked about. And they've crossed a lot of different channels over the years, and so I want to talk about my 10 favorite made-for-TV Christmas movies right now, and number 10 is Fur Crazy. It may have sounded like <laughs> it's just any other Christmas movie, and it kind of is, but it, it I think, hits the formula perfectly like this it's the absolute stereotypical and and by the not every hallmark movie does have like this big city gal coming home uh to run into the guy in flannel that's you know charming from her hometown most and of them do though <laughs> some of them do this one particularly did and when i think of like the hallmark christmas movie i think fur crazy is the best example of what you expect from a Hallmark Christmas movie, and that's why it cracks my list on number 10, but there are so many other directions these movies can go. But there was a cute dog in there, because it's called Fur Crazy. No, it's the like a fur tree. That's... Oh, F I got it. F-I-R. Okay. I but was, was thinking it was F-U-R, too. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that there's not a cute dog in there. There has to be. I think there is a cute dog in this yep. one. Speaking of a cute or dog, a cute kid. there was a movie... That I okay, so this this gets to number nine on my list. It is really hard to find some of these movies. So, generally speaking, right, I am pretty movie literate and I know how to use IMDb and Letterboxd and whatnot, and I recognize actors. And so, there's not a movie that's been released in theaters that I don't think I couldn't find. 
because I can remember just enough or Google helps us out, right? If it's a movie that more than 10 people have seen, all you have to do is Google like a rough plot outline and it'll show you exactly what it is. Sure. The problem with Hallmark Christmas movies is that so many of their plots are so similar and so many of the titles are so similar that you try Googling it. Because I do. I so specifically remember in like 2013 or 2014, there being this movie and the the guy like volunteers at an animal shelter and he gets to like work with dogs all the time. And I remember thinking I would love, love to like volunteer at an animal shelter because I don't want to have a dog i don't want an animal like in my home per se but i love dogs they're so cute and so i want to like go and work with them anyway that was in this hallmark christmas movie (laughs) could not for the life of me find what it was called you know what even if you ask alexa alexa what's the name of this movie and then you describe the plot and she says i'm not sure what you mean do you mean the one with candace cameron bure or do you mean the one with vanessa hudgens or do you mean the the one one with jenny mccarthy like there aren't 50 with (laughs) candace cameron see and so I was thinking back to my childhood, and so my next pick is from the 90s, mm. and I could not think of the title of this movie, and I Googled as much as I could, like, hey, uh, big boss CEO, uh, his boss is coming to town, and he needs to fake that he has a family because it's a family man company, and he recruits one of his employees to fake being married to him for the holidays, and then eventually they fall in love, and she has a cute daughter. Yes. And I Googled that. And it, Google does not help me at all because it keeps giving me all these other results, not the movie that I wanted. And so I ended up having to call my folks and give them that same description. And it took my dad like five minutes to come up with he Borrowed like, Hearts from 1997, debuted hearts. on CBS. Did he own it on DVD? Is that how he was able to find we it? We have it on VHS still. There you go. That's why I called my parents is because I knew that at the worst case scenario, he could walk upstairs into our like closet, into the boxes of VHS tapes See, and now, find it. If this were a true Lifetime movie and it was called Borrowed Hearts, it would be something about like a heart transplant. But that doesn't happen in this movie, you're saying. Well, allow me to talk about the next oh. movie on my list. Okay. <laughs> there will be a heart transplant yes, somewhere. Of Please never fear. Yes. Spoiler alert for the theatrically released Last Christmas, starring <sighs> Amelia Clark and mm. Henry Golding. Yes. Believe it or not, I've seen this one. I just watched it. So this... we're counting this as a Hallmark Christmas movie? Jeff, have you seen it? It fooled me, too, because it had a theatrical release last year, and so I thought, oh, and it's got some pretty big names in it. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is one of those. What's your name from uh, Crazy Rich Asians as well, right? Henry Golding? No, yeah. No, he was in it. Yeah, he's uh, the the, the woman that plays his mom is in it, too, isn't she? I don't think so. Okay, you keep talking. Emma Thompson is in it. Okay, keep talking. How did, they, she's how did they get her to be in that? Because they pitched that she could do a funny accent. Yeah, and she said yes. And she does do a funny accent. Sometimes you just need a little money around Christmas. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Jeff and Mickey, as we were preparing this show, were surprised as anyone that the man that spends all of October watching horror movies enjoys Hallmark Christmas movies as much as I do. And you weren't the only ones because I got to go to a Michelle critic... Michelle Yeoh, yep. She was in both Crazy Rich Asians oh. and Last Christmas. The person that hasn't seen the movie, remember? If you'd seen the movie, Jeff, <laughs> I know from the trailer, yeah. though. She played, uh, she played Santa. Or that's what the credits yeah. are. Anyway. Her no, name is... Her name is Santa. Yeah, she plays she the boss. She owns a Christmas store. It's an all-year-long <laughs> yeah. Christmas store that Amelia Clark works at. <laughs> anyway, I was at a critic screening for Last Christmas, and I walked out extolling how great it was and like just it was a lot it was a hallmark christmas movie made for the big screen and with a big budget and with actual 
actors that can that they're you know a little bit better than a oh, made for TV. Oh fair. come on. Um, and the the other critics that I'm with like kind of had to do a double take that it was me, the guy that goes to all of the really weird horror movies and comes out talking about those and how much I love those. Suspiria. That almost that also loves these Hallmark brand of Christmas movies and. We went in talking about a heart transplant. You get more George Michael than you would expect, actually, out of a movie called Last Christmas, I Gave You My Heart. And the reason this is truly a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie is because the big twist ending is that Henry Golding is actually a ghost the whole time. The ghost of the person I was going to watch this, Cole. Gave her his heart. I guessed it in like 20 minutes because it says inspired by the song Last Christmas. And so I'm just thinking about the lyrics and I'm like, oh, this is what happened. Wait, did somebody die in that song? Well, metaphor, like last Christmas I gave gave you you my my heart. heart, Then very next day you gave it away. away. So last Mm. Christmas he died and his heart ended up in Amelia Clark. And so now she's like, because so she, she needed a heart transplant. So she's in love with herself or? No, she, I, I mean, she does kind of fall in love with the ghost. They don't actually end up yeah. together because he's a he's ghost. He's a ghost. Darn. But, but she comes to terms with herself and becomes a better person and loves herself. You guys, I was going to watch this. I was going to suggest to my wife that we watch this. It could have been our date night. You still can. You still you can. Know, it's still I great. Don't, I don't understand how movies like this don't get better reviews. Because it got a great one if from you, me. If you walk into a McDonald's, you know exactly what you're getting yourself into, right? Why would you leave a McDonald's saying like, "Oh, I can't believe that meal I just had at McDonald's"? Well, you know. So let's talk about the critical <laughs> application of a Hallmark Christmas movie for a moment, because I nitpick a lot of movies. Um, I I enjoy Hallmark Christmas movies more than I enjoy like half of Christopher Nolan's filmography, even though he is Whoa. obviously mm-hmm. a more technical filmmaker than anyone that has ever made anything close to a Hallmark Christmas movie. But they're still enjoyable. Like I go to them for different things. I think I expect more. I expect a capital M movie from, you know, from Christopher Nolan or, or take any other director, right? Or, or any other movie that I'm kind of disappointed in. Whereas it's hard to have a bad Hallmark Christmas movie, whittling it down to like a top 10 was more just like the 10 that I very specifically remember because so many of them are exactly the same kind of quality and you get exactly what you want out of it. And I have such good memories of just going to my grandma's house and just turning the TV on around Christmas time. And while we're playing games as a family or while I'm doing crossword puzzles with my aunt or while my grandma was teaching me to cross stitch or whatever it was that I was doing with them. There's also Hallmark Christmas movies going on in the background. You can have one eye on them. You can zone out for half of the plot and kind of piece it together later because you know what is going to happen. And it's it helps build the spirit of Christmas. I think Hallmark movies are the reason why I don't really appreciate quote-unquote good rom-coms is because I watch them and I think, I mean, this is like the same thing that happens in movies that people complain about. And Just yet with you a bigger think budget, that they're and, good, yeah. yeah. And so I truly, truly, unironically love every single one of these, and it gets me into the right spirit around this time of the year. And I do have a top ten, and we—I have like seven more to talk about. <laughs> you guys have waylaid me too much. Okay, <laughs> Jeff, you like a pun, right? I love a good pun. My next two entries are titled "It's Christmas Eve." Yes, Guess what the main uh-huh. character's name is. 
Eve. Is it comma Eve? <laughs> comma Eve. Okay, yep. very good. <laughs> the next I like one, that one. The, there's also it's Christmas Carol. <laughs> yes, her so, name is Carol. Not only are that they punny, but they're worse. grammatically correct. I love it. <laughs> so in it's Christmas Eve. Leanne Rhymes is the big city gal that mm. comes back home. She has plenty of opportunities to sing during this. And of course. Because you paid her. You're going to get that music out of her, she's right? She's a hired gun superintendent that needs to slash the budget. And the first mm. thing to go is the arts. Oh, that heartless <laughs> Leanne Rhymes. And so she falls in love with the boy across the street from her parents that just so happens to be the music teacher at the yes. local high school. Yes. And so they put on a big charity concert at the end where they raise enough money that the arts are saved. Oh, I should have seen that movie. And it's so, so good. Wait, is that one It's Christmas Carol or It's Christmas Eve? That's It's Christmas Eve because in It's Christmas Carol, they do a take on... The Christmas, Christmas Carol, for sure. Where it's Carrie Fisher that comes back <laughs> as the ghosts of P- Christmas past, present, and future to teach big businesswoman Carol that she's focusing too much on the money of the holidays and not enough on the spirit. See, that's smart I would casting. Watch that one. Because not only do you get a big name, but you only have to cast one actor in that role, so you save a little bit of money that way. Well, the in-universe reason why there's only one ghost of Christmas Past, Present, and Future is budget cuts on the next level <laughs> to, again, <laughs> hound into Carol that it's not all about the money around this time oh, of Oh, the clever. Year. They tie it into the movie. They do. And they actually save money. And they get to use Carrie Fisher, who's wonderful. Yeah. All right. So Jeff. The better one is Eve or Carol? Uh, shoot, I haven't really been ranking. I have Carol slightly above Eve, just because okay. I'm a sucker for a Christmas Carol. And who doesn't love Carrie Fisher? And who doesn't there love Carrie go. Fisher? Jeff, you watched The Twelve Dates of Christmas this year, right? The the newest, there's like 20 movies every single year that Hallmark churns out, and I've watched a few of them already. My favorite of this year's batch was originally called The Twelve Dates of Christmas until I think they realized that Google search engine optimization was not being kind to them since (laughs) the one that you watched is on Disney Plus and a little bit more popular because this one just came out. So when I watched it, it was called The Twelve Dates of Christmas, had the title card (laughs) on the front. It has recently been changed to On the Twelfth Date of Christmas. Yes. Okay. Still punny. The magic of editing. uh, (laughs) Two rival co-workers that are gunning for the same job, but eventually they learn to work together and fall in love. Uh, The the one thing this one has going against it is that they have they add like a second twist at the end where he he's told that he gets like a different job, but she thinks that he got the job. And so she gets unrationally angry for a little bit. But he's like not supposed to tell her before the big launch party where they're going to unveil that they both technically got a promotion. Uh, they they throw just another one of those rom-com unnecessary sure. communication error twists in there. But for the majority of the movie, it's about these two app developers that are developing a game to go around the city of Chicago where you like have a different date related to the 12 dates of Christmas along the way. Wow. Uh, ending at like this big fancy hotel that hired them to do it. Sounds like a lot of cleanup involved on those dates, though, because they mostly involve birds. Uh, I mean, they go and like the the four hens is going to like... A place where they'd make chicken, like it's a chick, like it's a restaurant kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I forget how the swans are swimming. Anyway, uh, hopefully you're not swimming with the swans, especially not in Chicago in December. Yeah, it's still a good movie. Okay, on the twelve on the twelfth on the twelfth date of Christmas. Yes, is what it's currently. There's a lot going on in that movie, and it's a 2020 Hallmark movie. Mm. Yes, brand new. How about the Christmas card? This is one of the classics of people that. 
like know this genre of which I might be one of the foremost experts, um, but one of the leading experts, I believe it. People that talk about this kind of thing, me and four other people that have written internet lists, consider this one basically the Citizen Kane, like one that starts it all. It's got a classic story and it's from earlier on before this really took off as a genre. The Christmas Card is is a very simple story about a soldier overseas. Uh, came out shortly after nine eleven, in fact, and it's he's getting these Christmas cards from back home. Just a very cute, very heartwarming story. Mm-hmm. And so, it's it's not like a strict follower of all the tropes that we're used to seeing out of the genre now. But it was one of the first, and it is still one of the cutest. And so, I had to include it on the list. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, next. Uh, now we're getting into the the top three, and this next one is is my mom's personal favorite. It is called the Christmas List. It was also on ABC Family back when it was called the Family Channel, and this is this implements one of my favorite things that these movies can do, and it's supernatural elements. Excellent. So this businesswoman writes down a Christmas list and sticks it into Santa's mailbox at the mall that she works at. And the things start coming true from her Christmas mm. list. And every time they come true, the person that's giving them to them is like magically wearing a Santa hat and there's sleigh bells. Like she hears sleigh bells ringing and it like they start coming true, but in the ways that she didn't totally want them to. Like she's been dating this guy for three or four years and she really wants an engagement ring. But by the end, when he comes to propose to her, she had fallen in love with a different guy. Of course. And she and that different guy end up together, and it's a beautiful movie. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a magical Christmas list, and it's called The Christmas List. All right. Number two, originally on my list, Jeff, was The Twelve Dates of Christmas, because it is so good, and it's on Disney+, and anyone can watch it. But I pivoted, because there's plenty of... Uh, Christmas-related Groundhog Day time loop kind of things. Sure. And so how about Christmas Every Day? Oh. Which was... Which is actually based... That idea is based on a story, an old story, Christmas Every Day. Mm-hmm. And to me, uh, growing up watching these kinds of movies, uh, the first time I watched Groundhog Day, I thought, oh, they're ripping off Christmas Every Day. How could they do this? <laughs> Turns out, in fact, Groundhog Day did come first but the one that i saw first and the one that i grew up with was christmas every day which is about this cynical teenager that just doesn't get christmas and so his sister makes him wish upon a star on christmas night after a terrible a younger day. sister a younger sister okay and he, she she makes him wish that it could be christmas every day because she loves christmas and it just so happens to come true and so he has to relive this day that he hates over and over again until he finally gets the spirit of Christmas, which, by the way, thematically works a lot better than Bill Murray getting the spirit of Groundhog Day, right? <laughs> it's not the spirit yeah. of Groundhog Day. It's the just, spirit of being a good spi- person. It's the spirit of Christmas <laughs> that he learns. It just so happens to happen on Groundhog Day instead of Christmas. That's a fair argument, I but, think. But you can't deny that. Uh, do you feel like this movie would have been made if Groundhog Day had not come out? Because no, of course not. Yeah, because it came out in 96. I believe Groundhog Day came out in 93. Yeah. It doesn't change the fact that I saw Christmas Every Day first, and in my brain, Groundhog Day was the one that was doing the ripoff. Also, the Christmas Do-Over is another great time loop. An honorable mention. Christmas movie. Toss that one in there as well. And my all-time favorite. 
Single Santa Seeking Mrs. Claus is my favorite Hallmark Christmas movie. It is the story of... That's the Santa Claus 2. It is sort of the plot of Santa Claus 2, where Steve Gutenberg, who is Santa... Uh, oh, Steve Gutenberg. Has Excellent. to find a Mrs. Claus or else he cannot take over the mantle of Santa. Uh, Santa is his his family business, right? His dad is the current Santa, and he's trying to pass it along to his son, but he cannot truly be Santa until he finds a Mrs. Claus. So he goes around and meets cute with a girl, and they fall in love. And it was so successful that it's the rare Hallmark Christmas movie that got a sequel called Meet the Santas. Now, again, <laughs> Santa Claus 2 came out in 2002. Jeff, don't fact check me. Single Santa Seeks Mrs. Claus came out in 2004. You know which one I saw first? <laughs> well, single isn't that Santa the Seeking exact Mrs. Claus. plot of the Santa Claus? Yes, no. it is. <laughs> he will not be able to be Santa Claus <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't marry. But and, you know which one I like better? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the, probably the one with Steve Gut- Gutenberg, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. He also ho-ho-hoes really well. Like, Santa's laugh doesn't really come across real well sometimes. Steve Gutenberg, he makes you believe that ho-ho-ho is actually how he laughs. I'm not, a huge, I'm not a huge fan of the Santa Claus movies, but I will admit my favorite part of the Santa Claus 2 is, you know, if he's going to get hitched, he's got to be going out on a lot of dates. So you see all these different dates that he goes on. And the best one that he goes – well, I mean it turns out to be one of the worst. But the my favorite one that he goes on with is uh, Molly Shannon. He has an oh, awkward yeah. date with Molly Shannon. And they don't get married, of course. But yeah, I'm sensing a theme here, Cole. Uh, quicker, lower budget versions of these films are coming out. And the ones that – sifted to the top of my list are kind of the unique ones right down at the bottom when i talk about like on the 12th date of christmas there's another movie called window wonderland where it's very similar (laughs) it's two co-workers that are competing to get the same promotion and during the course of you know fighting for a job they end up falling in love the ones that i love are the ones that do something a little different for the genre even if it's something that has been done exactly the same on a bigger screen what i like about your number one pick there cole is that you know we've kind of used hallmark christmas movie generally um but single santa seeks mrs claus is actually a hallmark channel movie so why now how do we Mickey and I were just puzzled that you love these movies so much and you've explained why and I think I think we have an understanding on yes, why that is. Absolutely. We just can't reconcile that with your love of horror films. Like how does somebody that gets tickled over these Hallmark Christmas movies turn around and go watch Suspiria, you know, or you know, speaking of obscure horror movies that you know, you're one of a few people in the audience watching. Right. So why? How? When? Who? <laughs> Where? <laughs> My favorite kind of movies don't have to ask those questions. You just sit down and you get to watch them. You get to let them wash over you. And the way they make you feel is more important than any specific plot point or specific writing or direction or the way the camera moves in a specific way. I just know a good movie when I see it, and I consider these good movies. The heart knows what it wants, is what you're saying. And when the heart calls me to Hallmark Christmas movies like When Calls the Heart, which was a movie that spun (laughs) off into like seven seasons of Hallmark television, then I watch it and I love it. Okay. Well, 
These are just some examples of the hundreds of examples of movies that you can enjoy this Christmas that are going to give you the warm fuzzies, that are going to make you feel great. Avoid the Christmas movies that uh, get you down in the dumps because we just don't need those this year, which is why we've decided to talk about Hallmark Christmas movies, Hallmark in the generic sense, not in the brand necessarily. And so when we return, just as we do each and every time here on Screen Cleaning, we're going to do a little panning for good as well as give you the very best in entertainment news. That's up next on Screen Cleaning. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. We can't have a Christmas show without some Christmas music, and more in in particular, Christmas acapella, right? I think so. That's Straight No Chaser. My, my, My jam, my Christmas acapella jam is Pentatonix, of course. Oh, they... They have ushered in a whole new brand of Christmas acapella music. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's, I, I mean, I talked about the 12 dates of Christmas and on the 12th date of Christmas so much in the last segment that I figured we had to have some 12 days of Christmas, the song. Well, I thank you. You're welcome. We've got some good news. Before we get to talking about more Christmas movies, let's talk about some movies that are so good that they're actually being inducted into the National Film Registry. Every year around this time, we mention the new movies to be immortalized for all time, along with, like, a thousand other ones. So what made the cut this year? So we've got Shrek, which is kind of groundbreaking in a sense. Um, It's certainly one of my—I will tell you this about Shrek. It was the first DVD I ever owned. When I went out and bought a DVD That's player, I got it with Such a fun fact Shrek. about you. Immortalized in the National Film <laughs> Registry, but more importantly, immortalized yes. on Jeff's DVD show. I just remember pulling up that DVD menu and thinking how cool it was. Like, wait a minute. Not only can I navigate to where I can watch the movie or the deleted scenes or the special features, but there were Easter eggs that you could discover and that was just such a novel idea to me. Was there a Shrek game? Because I always liked the games that you could play oh. with just your remote control <laughs> and up, down, left, yeah, right. Yeah, I know those. Grease is another movie that has has been inducted. In, I, I what have, took them so long? Well, I'm not a huge <laughs> yeah, fan of Grease. That should have been the first one. <laughs> the Blues Brothers, That's Lilies good. of the Field, The Hurt Locker, which is not Oscar that old of winner. a movie, but is a, a best picture winner for sure. A Clockwork Orange, which is a little surprising. Stanley Kubrick. Uh, surprising that it took this long, mm-hmm. right? The Joy Luck Club, The Man with the Golden Arm, and... Not Man with the Golden Gun. Mm, correct. That one will likely not make it. Uh, the Dark Knight, Cole. The Dark Knight. Oh. So I think we can do the math. Maybe it takes them 12 years. Like, So in the Hall of Fame for the NFL, you have to be retired for five years, and then they'll induct you in. Mm-hmm. Hurt Locker was the Oscar award winner in 08. Dark Knight also came out in 08. Maybe they have a rule that it takes 12 years. Those are the first <laughs> two that they brought in. You know, or maybe Hurt Locker was 09. Did it beat uh, Avatar? It did. Yes, it, it did. did. Yeah, it that did. was 09. It did. That was... In, hindsight, hmm. in hindsight, you know, there was like this big rivalry, and they were, you know, Ex-husband and wife, and which one's going to win? Also, but in the zero-budget like, movie that made almost nothing at the box office versus the number one movie of all time. <laughs> sure, but in hindsight, it's like, well, 
Did we really think that Avatar was best picture material? Titanic was best picture material? Mm. And they're like the... Best picture material is very relative. Yeah. <laughs> it che- it oh nine is when it yeah. truly changed for the worse, I would argue, in that we started just making it whatever indie movie that made no money instead of actually honoring good movies that people saw instead of the Academy thinking mm. that they are better than everyone else. Don't you Any- think money is your own reward? I feel like that's I mean, yeah, James Cameron's not crying at yeah. night. It's that gif of Woody Harrelson from Zombieland. I feel like if Zombieland. you have the number one movie, you don't need an Oscar as well. There you go. Are you um, saying Endgame wasn't the best I'm absolutely movie? saying that. <laughs> so one of the reasons I, I'm glad they, that Shrek is on here is because I want to talk for a few minutes about movies that we just have to watch. You know, my wife and I were ending the day yesterday and we realized, whoa, at this point in the year – in the Christmas season, we've pretty much watched every Christmas movie that we watch every year. And yet this year, we really haven't watched any of them. And so I said, okay, if you could choose which movies you could skip, which ones would they be? And she said, none of them. So at some point between now and next uh, week before Christmas, we've got to try to watch all of them. So one so define that, all of them. What are the Christmas movies? That well, you one that we watch? watch every year since we discovered it is not a full-length feature, but it's Shrek the Halls, just this breezy 22-minute short movie that is very funny and much better than some of the recent Shrek offerings. It has a punny gotten. title, so Jeff is in from the start. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have to watch Elf. We Definitely have to watch A Christmas Story. That's our favorite Christmas movie. My wife doesn't really get into It's a Wonderful Life, although I like to revisit it every once in a while. Um, She likes to watch Love Actually every year. She likes to watch White Christmas every year. I'm to the point where I like to see um, Christmas Vacation every year, and I have watched it already. As long as I've heard Bing Crosby sing White Christmas on the radio like four dozen (laughs) times, I don't need to watch the movie, too. And that's not even the movie that uh, White Christmas came from. I would much rather watch Holiday Inn than White Christmas. Okay, so what are your go-to, must-watch, can't-miss Christmas movies. Prep and Landing starts the list. Oh. A more recent kind of Christmas short that's animated. And I'll tell you, it, it has a sort of punny name, but the puns throughout the movie are what truly stick you, right? Because it's like this alternate telling of how Santa gets his job done where the elves go and prep and prep him for landing, right? They go into each house and they make sure everything's perfect. So he just has to jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. Uh, And this is the story of an elf that kind of gets cynical about his job, rediscovering the meaning of Christmas. It's a cute, wonderful Christmas movie. Okay. All right. Any other go-tos? Muppet Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve specifically, right? Where Kermit sings, after all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas, really tells me that Christmas is right around the corner. I mean... That's probably the only Christmas movie that makes me cry. Maybe It's a Wonderful Life, but Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah, classic. And then because, you know, I'm not always just a sappy Christmas lover. I also enjoy Gremlins and Black Christmas because, you know, (laughs) horror is fun too. What about you, Mickey? What are the Christmas movies you cannot miss? Well, we're elf people. We love elf. Yes. We also uh, like those claymation, really old ones. The really offensive, outdated ones. Santa Claus no. is coming to town. <laughs> Are they offensive? Uh, actually, I don't think it's Santa Claus is coming to town. I think it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed yeah, Reindeer. Yeah, that one, I we don't do that one. 
Just because just because we like, don't like it, I don't even special. know. Santa's Santa's mean. Everybody is horrible to Rudolph. But he finds his crowd on the island of misfit toys. Well, anyway, we don't watch that one. So good. Okay, Santa Claus is coming to town. One. Is the Mister Heat Miser and Cold Miser? No, that's right? a year without a Santa Claus. Right. Santa Claus is coming to town. Is put one foot in front of the other. And never, soon you'll be that's walking the one. out. You never the really door. had nightmares about those. I can still picture in my mind having a dream about like these really unsettling clay figures and uh yeah it was a nightmare for no, me they're no cute. they're cute okay. jack they're frost is the one with uh, the groundhog right he's like telling the story i will tell you though mm-hmm. i'm not the only person that i've heard of that has that opinion sometimes that claymation can be a little unsettling oh yeah chicken run that's freak freaky to me <laughs> <laughs> Well, the other I mean, one's not so much. Talk about unsettling. Yeah. Are you guys Polar Express or Jim Carrey no. Christmas Carol fans? I, those Zemeckis movies those are ones the are ones scary. that I can't quite. Stomach. I was not a fan of A Christmas Carol. I still have not seen Polar Express. We Just watched read it the book the in book is high school. So a few special. Times. Yeah. Can I the tell you not so much. one Christmas movie that we discovered last year? And you're always on the lookout for your new favorite Christmas movie, right? Because There's a little bit of fatigue surrounding watching the same movies each and every year. So we were thrilled last year when we discovered Klaus on Netflix. That was the movie that we were pulling for for best animated film. Of course, when you come out the same year as a Toy Story movie, you're not going to win. But Toy Story 4, which is the least of the Toy Story movies, won the Oscar that year. But Klaus is such a beautiful movie to look at and has a great message and uh, just a, an instant Christmas classic, if I may say so. Another like story behind a Christmas movie that I like, Arthur Christmas. Uh, oh, animated yeah. and fun. That Ardman Studios. We own that one on Blu-ray for sure. Well, as we are wont to do on each and every episode of Screen Cleaning, we're going to do a little panning for good. There's good in them dire hills. <laughs> We're actually going to turn to our own Mickey Randall today to give us our panning for good. This one is a little closer to home, but it uh, garnered the attention of somebody that uh, is quite the celebrity, right, Mickey? That's true. So there's there's a home in uh, Saratoga Springs, uh, Utah, that belongs to a family who likes to put on a quite impressive Christmas light display every year. The kind that you drive to and you can tune your radio to a specific station and they play a song. The lights flash in time uh, to the song. This year, they did a Hamilton-themed Christmas. Cool. They also uh, asked for donations. This is like a charity-fueled endeavor. And because the a video of their house picked up so much steam this year, they received a donation for United Way of Utah County from Lin-Manuel Miranda himself. Hey! So pretty cool. Good for them. Good way to spread Christmas cheer. That's I kind say. of an odd choice for a Christmas light display Hamilton, but uh, I'm sure it was amazing. So... That's something that we like to do at Christmas as well. Get out of the house, not just watch all the movies, but go see the dancing light displays that are nearby. And there are so, there are a surprising amount of them. And I'm just so grateful for the people that are so generous with their time and their money and opening up their homes and allowing people to just enjoy what they've put so much time and effort into and really spread 
the spirit of Christmas. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Screen Cleaning. We had such a wonderful time talking about Hallmark Christmas movies. We hope that this is a feel-great Christmas for you, despite everything that's come before this Christmas uh, in this year. And we hope it's a safe and memorable one for all the right reasons. From us here at BYU Radio, this is Jeff Simpson wishing you a Merry Christmas. And Cole Wissinger wishing you a Happy Holidays and Happy New Year. We'll be back next time to to bring you the very best in entertainment with Screen Cleaning.